0: off before we even reached gotham we'd spotted the bat signal a few miles out glowing in the clouds and with a grin superman was flying away and a few seconds later the bat plane followed so here they were two-thirds of the trinity working together and us pounding the pavement in the city below but we still didn't know what kind of threats would the world's finest be facing
1: Hi, my name is John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Boy, howdy, here we are. It's, it's world's finest. And it, this is interesting because we're going to start, actually, with something that I had to look up initially because when we were doing the Superman volumes, uh, just actually the two episodes ago, we were doing the first uh, episode of Superman in the Silver Age. I looked up the first time Superman actually met Batman and this is the actual first time that they meet each other is this first comic that we that we cover. Really? Yeah. No, not even in like a JSA or something? Well, that's the thing is that um, true first meeting between the Man of Steel and Dark Knight came surprisingly late in the careers of both heroes in 1952, Superman number six, 76.
0: God damn. So,
1: that's according to Newsarama. Mm, I,
0: which I is feel like fairly that's the kind of reputable. thing that... Yeah, and it would also be the kind of thing that people would do the research on to, it's not so, so esoteric that they could well their their
1: first appearance together was on the cover of the world's fair issue that we covered yeah but that's kind of different mm-hmm. um that's not like the first time they've interacted in a story together all-star comics number seven they know each other but it, it was not their first meeting they gotcha. act as if they know each other so that's kind of different which is the jsa Mm-hmm. Uh, volume that you're speaking of probably is that they just pretend like they've known each other forever. Gotcha. Um, we don't ever see like the untold meet. story. Yeah, we don't see them okay. actually meet me mm-hmm. versus 19... 1950- we don't get a meet cute? Yeah, we don't get a meet cute between Batman and Superman. Uh, I wonder if there is a, a superhero uh, equivalent of superhero app that helps them like meet up with like looking for looking for metahuman with super speed be, to, to match my power ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I, I there's something recently that
0: had like superhero tinder and I don't know I think it's a Marvel comic but I saw panels of it on Twitter and I'm sure the greatest Super success
1: for success story of superhero meet cute is probably Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. All right yeah I'm sure those yeah. are the two people that are in the commercial <laughs> for it like hi I'm Booster Gold and I'm Blue Beetle and we met on superhero match.com. It's like <laughs> God, and are there all the other like variant versions cuz like you've got the Christian singles meet up. Yeah. Uh just Magic uh, Magic Heroes meet up and it's just like yeah, the Tanner yeah. and Constantine and they're like it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like I I can see that being like a really
0: good like a rogue gambit kind of situation yeah. where it's just the the
1: hate flirt. Hate flirt, yeah. All right. Well, yes joanne you know we you know. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna start, I guess, with the issue that we were just speaking of, which is Superman, number 76, 1952. Uh, speaking of, before we actually just get into that, the writers and artists that we're going to cover through here that all kind of, like, interchange throughout the World's Finest as well as this issue of Superman, the writers are Ed Hamilton, Alvin Schwartz, and Bill Finger. Hey, Bill Finger. Yeah. Um, and then the artists that we see are uh, Stan Kay and Dick Sprang. So that's kind of who we're looking at we've seen dick sprang with a few of the the superman uh the silver age obviously we all know bill finger one of the creators of batman if not the creator of batman depending on which school of thought you come from uh ed hamilton and alvin schwartz i think these are the first two appearances i don't remember them them, them in in our in our memory as writers so all right uh so this issue of superman basically is of it's the first time superman and batman meet each other uh Batman and Superman are actually independently both going on vacation at the same time to the same island on a cruise ship. And when they get to the cruise ship, the ship says, Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Kent, the, uh, the guy who you're supposed to share the cabin with got sick. We have to, you know, readjust it so you're going to share the cabin with Mr. Bruce Wayne. And he goes like, okay, and they both really don't care. But there is a criminal outside the ship who uses a, an explosion as a distraction to Shanghai himself aboard the ship. But of course the explosion causes Lois Lane to get into trouble, so Superman and Batman both see a woman in trouble near, surrounded by a ring of fire from this oil tanker that's basically on the dock, and they go, uh, I'm sleepy. Uh, do you mind if I turn off the light and stuff? And the other guy goes like, yeah, sure, go for it. So they turn the light off, and they both immediately begin to change into their costumes in the dark, and then a flash from the explosion happens, and they both see each other in their costume, and they're like, oh, you're Superman. Oh, you're Batman cool, let's go save that lady. And it was the the quickest, like, it's four panels. Mm-hmm. It's literally four panels where they're just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then they go, they save Lois, and then afterwards Superman pulls Batman aside. He's like, look, man, you can't tell that chick I'm Superman. All right, like, we gotta, we gotta keep this under wraps. And Batman's like, I understand. Uh, you can't tell anybody that I'm Batman. And he goes, that's fair. Uh, pinky promise? Yeah, cool. And they get back on the ship, and Lois now thinks that Superman and Batman being on the ship is, like, very interesting. So she gets on the ship, and of course the criminal is now on the ship as well, and he's trying to get out to sea so that his friend can get him into a helicopter and they can fly away. So Superman and Batman essentially stop this criminal on the ship, while also trying to hide their secret identities from Lois Lane.
0: A lot of the elements, if you just boil them down to, like, the Wikipedia one-sentence description,
1: it kind of reads like a fanfic. Yeah, it really is a fanfic of, like... Wouldn't it be awesome if like Superman and Batman like met on like a cruise ship and then they were stuck on the water and, with Lois Lane who's trying to find out their identities but they keep having to like distract her so that they can solve this crime while also trying to like sell that Clark and Bruce are like not leaving their cabin because the, the like they say that Clark is sick and Bruce is taking care of him and that's how they get out, get away with not showing you know Clark and Bruce on deck I guess that's that's their excuse it's very stupid and very thin and lowish should like at the very least try to see Clark like once a day on the, on the ship you know? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to see a lot of Lois not being or jumping to incorrect conclusions, or being very easily fooled, or hoodwinked by the two of them also to that. make her to make her think she's crazy. They're basically gaslighting her. Yeah, they're, they're gaslighting her uh, to to maintain their secret identities. Um, so the first issue of their team up actually comes about two years later, in World's Finest number seventy one, July August issue of nineteen fifty four. In this. Batman and Superman switch places to confuse Lois so that uh, she is incorrect when she sees Clark turn into Superman. Um, and, of course, shenanigans ensue. That's literally what I have written here. Batman and Superman switch places yeah. to confuse Lois who sees Clark change into Superman. Bullet point. Shenanigans ensue. That's literally <laughs> my note for that, for that issue. Uh, World's Finest, number 72, September, October, 1954. Clark and Lois are held hostage by a bunch of criminals that they were doing a, a, a piece on that Batman and Robin were interrogating before they show up. Um, Batman and Robin, of course, have to try and kidnap, or not kidnap, recapture or rescue Lois and Clark from these kidnappers, wherein Clark is having to use his powers on the sly to help and aid Batman and Robin, uh, so that nobody figures out that he's Superman. World's Finders, number 73, November, December, 1954. Superman helps make Batman's, uh, undercover sting as a swami at a fair, like, go over by saying that, uh, like, whenever Batman makes a prediction as this, you know, Oracle dude, uh, Superman makes it happen, essentially, by use of superpowers, so that they can draw out a superstitious criminal who goes to fortune tellers for, you know, help, and then they catch him. We'll see a lot of Superman
0: or other people using superpowers to try to pretend to be magic. Right. That is just going to recur
1: all the way through this. Right. Uh, World's Finest, number 74, January, February, 1955. Happy New Year. Uh, an alien shapeshifter comes to Earth. The shapeshifter is actually a child, and Batman and Superman figure this out and try to make him homesick so he wants to go home. It's like a space frog. It's Yeah, it's like a space frog Gumby monster thing. Like, he's, an, he's, yeah. he's a morph thing. It's weird. It's Beast Boy, but like, if he was just the giant frog on the Zoo Books cover. Um, <laughs> and he's he's... He's not a bad... It's like... It's not just like... Oh, I'm homesick. It's... He's causing problems because he's got superpowers and super strength and he's trying to play with stuff and he's wrecking things while he's doing it. So there is a sense of urgency to do this Mm -hmm. to get him off the planet because he's just wrecking stuff. Uh, World's Finest, number 75, March, April, 1955. Batman inhales a poison gas while on assignment with Robin that uh, kind of will kill him if he gets his blood pressure up too, uh, too high because it'll like get into his bloodstream. Um, but while he gets the, the gas in his system, he kind of passes out, and when he wakes up, Superman and Robin convince him that he has broken his leg, so he needs to kind of sit on the bench for a while. While they solve a bunch of crimes, and the poison absorbs harmlessly into Batman's system, and he becomes okay. Eventually, when he is okay, Bat- uh, Superman just breaks the cast on his leg. He's like, yeah, you're fine. Like, Batman never tried? Batman never was like, how bad is the extent of my injury? What? Uh, I mean, this is Captain gets his
0: back broken and winds up walking again. That's true. It's a little odd that he doesn't try to put any weight on it, Right.
1: Uh, Of course, he gets a little, like, melancholy because he sees Robin having fun with, like, Superman, like, stopping crimes with superpowers, and he thinks that Robin's gonna leave him for Superman, and Robin's like, nah, like... We're just doing a gag, dude. Like, chill out. Stop being so emo. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, God, what is the song? It's the like Goo Goo Dolls. Like, I don't want the world to hurt me. I just want you to know who I am. Uh, Iris. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that song. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> him
0: watching Dick and Superman. I mean, that's more of a... That's more of a hopeful song. This, this is a little bit more... Uh... I made my mistakes.
1: Just... Any, any bad emo song oh, you God, can imagine. God, no. I was... Uh, Boys Don't God. Cry. Um... Let's see, World's Finest, number 76, May, June, 1955. Oh gosh. There's a tech convention that's trying to decide which city to hold itself in, either Gotham or Metropolis, and both Gotham and Metropolis are trying to have it in their city, so they say, oh, well, our city is safe because Batman's here. Our city is safe because Superman's here. So, independent. Of both superheroes, both cities say, Hey, why don't you guys have a contest to see who's better
0: at protecting people? Basically, imagine the Amazon HQ bidding process, except with
1: superheroes as part of the bidding package. Right, it was very weird. And they kind of independent, like, the, the cities, like, force these two people to do this. So the two guys have to switch places. So Superman goes to Gotham and Batman goes to Metropolis. And Batman seems, like, really earnest about this competition to win... Like, if I can stop enough people, like, maybe, you know, Gotham will get it, and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, Superman's just doing, like, nice stuff. Like, he's fixing the Batcave, he's doing Superman stuff, and it's it's revealed later that the device that's going to be shown at the tech convention emits kryptonite rays at a very low level that would not harm Superman, but make him basically weak. And no one, no one tells Superman. Because, what, like, they couldn't just pretend that he was around and have him run a perimeter while they also have Batman at the convention? Why couldn't both of them just be there for the day? Or just have Superman go to Gotham and have Batman in Metropolis, and that just be it. So, I did a tally of this, and this is
0: sort of tangenting a little bit, but we see a lot of this throughout, and I I do mean a lot. Specifically, um, the idea of... Uh, I, I tend to frame it within the idea of toxic masculinity culture of not being able to say, Hey, I need help or think that your, your buddy isn't going to accept an offer of help. Uh, we all, we had, uh, a few minutes ago, we talked about, uh, Batman, uh, being told, no, you broke your leg, uh, rather than, Hey, you got poison in your system don't exert yourself you might kill yourself because Robin was like no if he if he'll if he can still take on this gang that's out there he'll do it even if he dies in the process a full quarter of the stories that we read involve either assuming the other person wouldn't accept an offer of help or a person wouldn't offer it Which, or ask yeah. for it it's And especially, like, these are two people who are shown as being very, I'm going to use the word chummy, because it really is that kind of affable, good-natured friend, uh,
1: like, you just kind of, you talk about stuff. But also, like, mature and intelligent, to the point where, if you were told by your two best friends, yo, you could die, let us handle this for a while while you convalesce, I imagine he'd probably be okay with it.
0: And that's the question, like, I, I think think so but at the same time it's interesting that this this era's conception of batman superman and their relationship is one where neither can acknowledge that they need help or that the other person
1: would be willing to accept help so they feel like they have to give help to the other person without asking well i'll get back to that when i finish the summary because i actually have the opposite to say about that um world's finest number 77 july august 1955 batman gets superman's powers because there's a scientist who creates a power charging ray and batman kind of gets in front of it to stop the scientist from getting powers and suddenly gets superman's powers meanwhile uh superman gets a hit with the decharging ray and loses his power so batman has superpowers and superman doesn't but later it's revealed that the decharging ray is actually a sham and it just shoots very fine kryptonite dust onto Superman. And he actually still has his powers, so he's just covered in kryptonite. But Batman's powers eventually, you know, dissipate and he becomes normal again. Um, but I will note this. This was the first time we saw Alfred in all oh, yeah. these comics. Yeah, you're He right. shows up in the Batcave when Superman, or he shows up in the Batcave when Batman is... Uh, trying out his new powers and thinks there's an earthquake and he just, like, shows up. And I was like, there he is! Because I was going to make a note. We have not... To, we have yet to see Alfred this entire time. But he does show up. And I thought that was very strange. Um, but that's the end of our summary. Now, back to your point about these two characters not really accepting help from each other. I would say the opposite. Because the entire... The, the Swami gambit is Batman saying, I need your help. He literally says... You can help me with this. I need your help. Can you help me do this thing? And Superman goes, I guess. I don't really know how I'm going to do this, but sure. Yeah. And when Superman and Lois are captured, he knows Batman is out there. So he does everything to give Batman clues. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't just say, like, how am I going to get out of this mess myself? and Batman comes in to prevent him from having to do it himself, he literally sends SOSs out to Batman. So there are two situations there where they genuinely... Huh. Act, like, they, they yeah. give each other, like, I need your help, dude. So, first of all, this is the Silver Age. So we don't have the Dark Knight Batman. This yes. is not Bro- oh, yeah. Dark Batman. This is Batman 66, like it, the, the, the... It's the... even, like, a level before that, I want to say. Right. This yeah. is But... This is something I wanted to get into because this is kind of our way to cover Batman without actually covering Batman yet because it would have been chronologically too far ahead of where we were, but this Batman is basically the Golden Age Batman, minus the noir. What, late Golden Age? Yeah, agree. it's, it's late agree. Golden Age Batman. Where, like, Remember when we had Alfred, like the first appearance of Alfred back then? It's that same Batman and nothing's changed about him. Literally nothing has changed. He's still... Uh, Quippy, he's got Robin, he has Alfred, he's uh, upbeat. We haven't seen um, the red-haired nurse chick that he was kind of dating at one point, um, so there's no love interest so he's kind of uh, solo, there's no Selena That's Kyle right, about uh, Yeah, that was after Julie <laughs> Madison dumped him yeah. and he met the, the nurse woman, mm-hmm. uh, who was also a socialite, and then like, I'm gonna be a nurse mm-hmm. because I like helping people and being rich is dumb. Um, we, we get uh, Vicky Vale a
0: little bit later but right. very, very briefly and just as a parallel for right. Well, us Right, but we're basically. gonna we're also gonna get
1: Snapper Carr when we go to the JLA. Right. Um, he... Oh, is that the kid? Uh, well, Snapper or... Carr so if you watch uh, mm. Young Justice he's the reporter in that. Hmm. Snapper Carr is the is the um, the reporter for G. Gordon Godfrey on the ground hmm. that they have and it's he's just cool. I like I've Snapper. Forgotten about him. Um, but we have a very child-friendly Batman and we have the Superman, the blue—I I refer to him as the Blue Boy Scout Superman. This, yeah. to me, is Blue Boy yeah. Scout Superman, completely happy-go-lucky America, not true justice in the American way, but certainly I'm here for everyone. I'm the one that helps the orphans, is how yeah. I like to describe it. This is the Superman going out of his way to move orphanages and and go to fundraisers and and do and use his superpowers to help people just for the sake of being Superman, as opposed to what we saw in the Golden Age, which was um, might makes right. I'll fix it tomorrow. Your cars are terrible, Superman, and I'm gonna bust up your factory. This yeah, is a much. This is a non-threatening. This is a non. This is almost a non-violent Superman. He, yeah, he. he I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with uh, that. So we've got a very passive Superman and a very child-friendly Batman. This is very much the comic you give to your kid. So, it's not bad. They're they're quick reads. They're. They're definitely for kids, they don't stimulate you as much as Green Lantern and Flash were doing with, with like their their level of intelligence and the, the scope of the storyline and how well they're written and how well they're drawn. But they're better than Martian Manhunter. Yeah. It feels like it's of a piece with some of the less
0: good Superman stories that we read. I I do think that's still a step forward, but these are absolutely in the same vein. Yeah, and it's it's not as good as the Brainiac story. Yeah, it's as good as the Jimmy
1: Olsen making wishes stories. Yes, yeah, I will agree
0: with that. There's nothing aggressively bad about it. the The thing that's most aggressive about it is how aggressively they reuse plot structures. Yeah, Uh, I think it was no two episodes ago when we. When we started Superman, I talked about, like, the different categories of story, and one of them being the secret from the readers. And that's just this all the way through. It's just repeatedly, hey, why is Batman doing this thing? Why does Batman care so much about uh, winning this uh, convention? Why is, uh, god, what else happened in there? Uh, There are a bunch of those kinds of stories in here. Uh i think I, I wound up uh looking at i think 71 through eight. yeah 71 through 85 uh 37.5 uh, percent of all of the stories in that had one of those late turns of oh that's what's actually going on here uh and that bugged me in large part because it felt like they kept reusing what the threat was. It uh, hey, there's a uh, threat, and there's kryptonite, but also just in general, I wanted to know the stakes. It it felt like they were overusing this plot device That's of right. what's what's going on
1: far too much. It's a plot it's a plot rinse cycle. Yeah. The the weirdest one, this will be interesting. The weirdest one with the alien child and the homesick thing. That was Bill Finger Huh. And it shows. Because it is the most weirdly complicated. Yeah. It's the best paced of all of them. And it is not... And it is the only one that doesn't use the hoodwinking um, mechanic of trying to, like, make sure Lois doesn't find out who we are. Mm. Trying to not use my powers to to give away what's going on. Trying not to, you know, hoodwink Batman or Superman. It's literally Mm. the only one where the two of them bring their heads together... To solve a problem with their unique
0: skills. And I think that's one of the key things is both of, all three of them, uh, Robin, Batman and Superman are active cooperants in this instead of it being like the mystery is kept from the, from the reader of what is this, what's the plan, what's this thing doing Or, or more accurately, like what's, what is this alien thing? Like what's its deal? Uh, but, we have the perspective of the heroes who are trying to figure that out, whereas the other times where they're hoodwinking the, the reader, it's something is wrong with
1: the heroes. Right. And, and what's interesting is it's also the one with the most complex plot elements, learning its language to understand mm-hmm. what it's talking about when it's saying curlig, which means play. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a kid. It's playing. We have to do this. So, you know, Robin and Batman have to go try and distract it and play. Well, Superman goes out and makes a model of his home world and shows it to him. And he goes, like, aren't you, don't you want to go home? And he goes, yes, I do. And then he flies him home. Like, And there's a whole, there's so much, there's so many more layers to it. Mm-hmm. Hunting down, hunting down the alien because it's a shapeshifter. Realizing the alien is a, is a child. Getting, tricking the alien into wanting to go home bringing it home and then at the end we see the alien pretending to be Batman and Superman this weird hybrid creature of Bat-Superman and it's but we yeah, don't ever get yeah. anything after like we never get something like that at the end of the story mm-hmm. that is it's the most That's well-written yeah. one yeah. Uh, that
0: is actually a good point like I have I was very disappointed in the endings of a lot of these stories it felt like they just kind of wrapped it up really quick and done uh, but this one specifically did have a nice okay done and then a sting afterward
1: right there's A lot of them have the ending, the Scooby-Doo ending, where somebody says a joke and then the entire team laughs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how these, that's how a lot of these end, where Lois is like, "I'll, I'll figure it out next time, and Superman and Batman, like, wink at each other, and, like, Robin's laughing. Like, that seems to be how the ends occur, versus this Bill Finger one was, we see a different friggin' planet. He brought in, like, aliens and shit, and learning a language, and discovering that it was a child, and, the t- like, Batman, Batman had to use deductive reasoning to solve the issue, and then they used Superman's powers to execute the plan. They actually were equal in the situation. Both of them had to do something, and both of them were powerful enough in their own right to figure this out, and that was what was cool about that one story. Granted, it's the weirdest one, yeah, but it's the best one. Not the most enjoyable, not mm-hmm. the most exciting or the most fun, but the it's best the best crafted. written. It's the best written and paced story in the entire group.
0: Hmm. Nice. I'll, I'll agree with that.
1: Yeah. So, that's kind of what's interesting about this, in terms of re-look, like looking at stuff from a writing perspective, just being like, huh, yeah, these are, like, they're all the same. Yeah. Like, they're all the same. Like I said, it's, it's a, they rinse and repeat a lot of this. And the end is, shenanigans ensue. It could have been in every single one of them. Like, it's really not important the things that Superman does to make Batman's fortune teller predictions come true for the few, like, four or five people that come to him so that he can get established as a, as a legit fortune teller so that the guy comes in and works with him. It's really not important. But it's, it's important to note that's the kind of crap that they're doing but but, I fully agree on that yeah but back to your point it's the idea that yes there is that weird toxic masculinity thing of like not telling people information that they should know for reasons that are completely obvious to everyone else like yes this thing shoots finite rays of kryptonite at you and we probably don't want to do this so why don't we just think of a better way of doing this or yeah let's just tell Batman that he's inhaled poison dust and he should believe the two of us it's not a Mm -hmm. doctor telling him it's Superman and Robin like Literally, if anybody can prevent Batman from going out and doing stuff, it's the guy who's got super speed and super strength. Right, like, it. he literally probably would have believed them if they showed mm-hmm. him, like, test results and crap like that, and he would have been like, oh, okay, well, let me just guide you guys while you do things, why don't you bring mm-hmm. stuff back here, and I can help you deduce solutions to your problems because that's exactly what he does yeah. now he he, uses, he does the oracle thing right he does he uses his deductive reasoning after they stop a bunch of criminals to help them figure out where the guys are and it's a great moment of just like oh that's what's got you bothered da, da, da. here you go yeah and i'm like that was fine and it would have been cool and interesting but that i think is the quality of the writers on those is trying like what do we do with these with these people how do
0: we give them... How do we introduce conflict and that conflict coming from misunderstandings right. and not telling the other person?
1: Right. Yeah. Which is, those instances, those are those two instances compared to the two instances where they do ask each other for help. So it's kind of neutral. The ones that don't make sense are the stupid, full issues that are just hoodwinking Lois.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, those make those make sense. It's just still shitty. Yeah,
1: they're just pointless to a degree where you're just mm-hmm. like I don't need this to happen because really it's a Superman problem that Batman's helping with which yeah. again Superman asks him for help to do that
0: yeah and that is a good point like I I didn't notice and incorporate the times where they were asking each other for help which makes it yeah, it makes it all the more inconsistent,
1: right? And that's kind of what throws those those issues off. You're just like, why are we doing this? Like, why? Like, you've clearly asked him for help before. He mm-hmm. knows your secret identity. You guys work well together. Why are we having this problem? This entire issue is based off of the uh, withheld information. Yep. These are not the best stories. And actually, I
0: one thing to touch on, especially with regards to the keeping secrets from Lois bit. Uh, like we we saw those kinds those exact kinds of stories in Superman comics later on, but man, those were generally more imaginative and more creative in how he was keeping the secrets. Yeah. None, none of the there are very few moments in these comics that are designed to show how clever the, the person is that are actually clever.
1: Right. Feels like that layer is just kind of step back two they're, or three steps. They're just gaslighting her. The difference, the difference between the Superman issues where he, he hoodwinked Lois was showing Clark Kent feeling bad about pretending to be Superman because Superman asked him to do a thing and then finding ways to legitimately, scientifically explain how Clark Kent was able to do these phenomena. Hmm. Versus, nope, Lois, you're crazy. Yeah. You didn't see Clark Kent turn into Superman. You saw me, Bruce Wayne, turn into... Clark Kent, who was Superman. No, none of that happened, you <laughs> weirdo. Like, yeah, like, that, like that's what they're doing. They're just like, nope, must have seen that, and and that's what's going on. As opposed to, well, here's actually what you saw.
0: That's an interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that particular differentiation, but yeah, they're they're just yeah. gaslighting her,
1: huh? yeah that sucks yeah, it sucks yeah really messed Lo- Lois up. does not come out well from these stories honestly Lois doesn't really come out well in the Silver Age to begin with like she's really not she she really is a shadow of her former self now granted granted again this was supposed to be Batman centric but there's so little Batman here but yeah. to talk about because he's just the same he really mm. isn't any different and that's not bad but it's the most interesting thing I think is that Superman changed to a degree. Lois has changed. We've got mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen and Superman's much more um Superman's much more PG before yeah. he would have definitely been a PG-13 character with his like political leanings and his his aggressiveness and violence. It feels like he had toned a lot of that down already by the time right. we stopped covering he Golden was, Age stuff. He was Pirates but, yeah. of the Caribbean and now he's like um <laughs> I, I don't know, like any sort of PG... Boss different. baby? Well, not really. I, well, that's... <laughs> no, I would have... I said he, he was Pirates of the Caribbean, and now he's, like, brave. Some violence, some aggressiveness, scary and mature themes, but, like, wrapped up in a children's tale. This is cotton candy. Yeah. It, the weird thing is, it's 12 pages of cotton candy. Right. So Superman got lighter, Batman stayed the same. I can see people getting bored of him.
0: Mm-hmm. And they'll go through the, I think... Pretty soon, they'll start going through the sci fi element where it's just throwing him into strange planets and time
1: travel. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I imagine Superman's going to get the weird stuff soon. I, I
0: think Batman gets it mostly.
1: Does he? I, I think, if I'm remembering this rightly, it's
0: like late 50s is weird Batman. Then you have a period where he's just... It's not selling well, and they try to revamp him with, I think, the new model Batman. And then Batman 66 comes out, and that becomes the thing for the three or four years. And then it's, all right, camp's done,
1: what's next? So he goes through, like, 30 years of, like, nothing. Like, not the Batman... Like, the 66 era Adam West Batman isn't a thing, but the idea that he maintains a status quo in tone and content for, like... 30 well, years. I'll
0: be curious to see whether the tone is actually constant. I, my guess is it's the tone is going to stay within a certain range. Uh, I will be curious to see how that winds up working. But we we certainly aren't ever going to see him going back to the dark place until much later. Or, uh, well, I mean, even his dark place was never as dark as Superman's. Well, in the first, first couple issues, uh, I would say... <sighs> but, I, like the Master Monk, yeah. It feels like... Uh, Batman had until I would say, uh, Robin, and then, okay, everything mellows But I out would say
1: even league. those those dark issues are more gothic than they are dark. And and that doesn't necessarily make them dark. Mm, I see what you like, mean. Like dark in tone, as opposed to, like, um, content mm-hmm. material. Because yeah, even those were very dark in tone. Like,
0: adventure-wise, it's like
1: pulp is not unsettling
0: in the way that, or unsettling or threatening in the way that uh, Superman's uh socialist authoritarian uh, I had a word for it at one point social political no uh, like, well, the specific like his uh, king of the world uh, yeah. act- activities are threatening and unsettling you're right uh, the yeah. content of early Batman is darker but it's not darker in like
1: implication it, yes that's exactly it's a, yeah it's, it's not dark in implication it is dark in just ooh vampires like mm-hmm. that was what it was it was like ooh vampires yeah Sandman was darker. Yes. Because he killed people, and he dealt with people trying to murder each other. You know, like, that was a darker situation. That is a very good point, yeah. Versus, like, Superman was also, like, destroying factories Mm -hmm. and, like, and getting a guy who was loan sharking children, and... Superman um, was destroying the means of production. (laughs) Like, like Ultra Humanite was body-snatching people.
0: I want to go back and look at my notes from Superman and see when when the violent activist side stopped being the case cuz i i feel like that was probably 41
1: but even still he's imposing his will upon people for a long time like he's he's not he's not destroying factories anymore but he's certainly threatening people with the with super violence true it is the
0: that's a good point like the humiliation or more accurately the it's, it's... The demonstration of power within personal bubbles. He's, yeah, he's but bullying. I, I can, I can reach out and do whatever I want, and this might play out in a way that looks kind of funny, but in practice, I am doing this to you within For, your yeah, uh, was personal
1: it? space. Throwing that guy into the ocean, you know, mm-hmm. who was you know hurting those kids. That guy's dead. <laughs> you know, like we and we're not seeing any type of violence in these comics mm-hmm. that would suggest people are dying because they're being very tidy about that, especially yeah. with the comics code. Mm-hmm. We don't expect people to die in these because we see them later in panels being brought in by Superman or Batman, which is why you haven't heard a body count ding in a very, very long time. Yeah, Not since the Flash uh, episodes back when Flash blew uh, up a yeah. submarine. Very clearly blew up a submarine. Mm-hmm. And that, that's been the only one in the Silver Age, hasn't it? Yeah. So we're we're very... Like, we're paying attention. We're not seeing it a lot, but we're paying attention for that because it's going to happen at some point. We're aware. I'm thinking the next one's probably going to be Green Lantern. It would fit. It would absolutely fit. Right. So, I'm on the lookout for that. I'm not seeing it. I would have expected also Martian Manhunter to do it, but he was very careful about bringing in his man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, he was also taking the cop angle. Right. So... Um, there was no ambiguous idealized comp- right there, there yeah. wasn't the ambiguity of his actions as opposed to with Green Lantern it's like oh no I fought that guy in Disney death and I'm like I, we count Disney deaths mm-hmm. you know so it's very interesting that, that Batman and Superman have kind of had these weird tonal shifts from like super patriotic bully to the blue boy scout mm-hmm. and Batman has went from noir gothic pulp to Saturday morning cartoon yeah it is worth noting, we are right at the start of the Silver Age. Right, this this uh, is yeah. right at the start of the Silver Age, but still a Mid- year in, and nothing yep. looks different about him. But then again, it would if... not surprise me if he doesn't change much until he starts
0: getting sci fi. Right, until like the 60s. All right, let's go through my notes, because I got stuff. I'm going to call this one out right at the beginning, because I fucking hated it. Uh, there's a point where Batman calls Robin Youngster <laughs> twice in the same comic,
1: and it hurt. Like in uh, like in Pokemon. No, youngster, youngster James. Youngster James <laughs> wants to fight. Uh, let's see.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the art because the art isn't awful. The art ain't yeah. great. So there, there are some specific panels that I wound up cherry picking, I guess. Uh, and I didn't like it. Didn't feel like anything else invalidated this conclusion, but uh, mostly I derived this from a few samples. It's a lot of it is down to the layout and the of the shots and the coloring of them uh they're not elegant they're definitely not intimate like early green lantern but they're crisp and clear in the way that they're laid out uh they'll sometimes have a bunch of people on panel like there are some panels where they've crowded uh three faces and a giant text box all in one panel but it it's clear enough uh they they don't clutter the backgrounds too much generally they don't have too many extra lines and the inking is usually like flat colors that stand out reasonably well against each other that they work it's none of it is amazing but they they pop reasonably well they're
1: clear to read despite not being laid out well they're better than the martian manhunter pages Yes, yeah and and they're i don't know would you say that they're better than the superman pages or they're on par with the superman pages uh, I would go a little bit worse. I feel like the the layout of some of the
0: shots of the characters in some of the shots is a little bit worse, uh, and definitely worse than anything. Uh, uh, God, this is the second episode in a row I've forgotten his name. The artist I've raved about uh, is always miles above anything that we're reading in these. But,
1: uh, yeah, like the average Superman art. Well, that Carmine we've seen... Infantino is probably your favorite right now. The guy who was drawing Flash. Yes. Yeah, and I agree with you. Infantino is probably the best. Of the silver Age artists that we've encountered um, Schaffenberger. yeah Kurt Schaffenberg, mm-hmm. Um was the guy you were talking about from Superman in the last episode yeah. Um, and yeah I think the in- infantino
0: one. and then him and infantino and then him and the green Lantern guy whoever yeah whoever was. was
1: doing green Lantern was doing yeah. a really good job because I would say Robert Kaniger is my probably my favorite writer at the moment um, mm-hmm. who was the guy who was doing um uh flash Fl- I think it was flash and green Lantern Kanigher was doing between both. Mm-hmm. Was he? Oh, cool. Yeah, if so, then
0: yeah, Gold Star right there. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. It's been, it's, it's been months. It's been a while. It's been months of series. It's we weird that to realize. Have. Like, we've gone through this stretch of heroes who it's like, well, okay. Eh, Martian Manhunter, Man less so,
1: but Superman, okay, solid. World's finest, okay, solid. Like, we're getting, we're going to get back to them um, eventually after we do um, some. Oh, no, uh, Broom and Kanegar. So, yeah, Robert Kanegar and John Broom was Green Lantern, so I would say um, mm-hmm. it would probably be Kanegar and then John Broom. And then, yeah, we've got Infantino and, and Schraffenberger, and then probably the, the GL guy. Mm-hmm. If, if any of you were curious, if we, we are kind of ranking who we're encountering because we're not getting the same people. It's not Gardner Fox, Bill Finger, and yeah. you know, everybody else that we're, we're looking at. It, and especially it feels like the
0: artists are more stylistically differentiated. It feels like there's more value to be derived from looking at different art styles, whereas yeah. writing is always a little more Well, the one
1: artist I always could tell the difference was, uh, or for, when we were reading the Golden Age, was the guy who did Hawkman. Mm. Was, was awesome. Mm. And, and um, the person who did uh, Wonder Woman. Stylistically, they were the two that stood out the most. But that was about it. Mm. Uh... I want to draw this comparison because it came to
0: me and uh i need to like share it with the world because i feel bad about it but it's also true uh i talked i mentioned uh how the art it's not well laid out they're cramming a bunch of stuff in there but it's still super it's really crisp and clear to read and understand what's going on uh, the comparison I drew was to Picasso's uh, Guernica. I remember seeing that on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's just a whole bunch of characters forced into the frame, but you can and they're, like, mugging a little bit to the camera, or if nothing else, like, they are clearly posed in such a way that yeah. looks less natural than it does looks clear to the reader. But, yeah, it's like, this is a whole lot, like, flattened and scrunched in one place. It's very busy, but it's very
1: crisp and clear. Somebody told the artist, put all three of them on the page, but also all the dialogue. Yeah. And it was like, (laughs) all right.
0: (laughs) I have my marching orders. The word that I used for a lot of the art and also somewhat the feel of the stories as well is tidy. Mm -hmm. You used that word earlier and I thought it was just super applicable to this. It's not doing anything experimental or interesting it is very safe and it is surprisingly clear even if it's not well executed it's just tidy uh here's an interesting thing Uh, batman and robin and the eye lenses of their masks Mm. Uh, specifically in in this era batman's lenses are usually they're a semicircle with the arc on the top it's friendly it's approachable It suggests wide eyes it's attentiveness openness but it's also more energetic because if you invert it so it's like flat on top and an arc on the bottom then it's melancholy and drooping and not high energy but it's interesting to look at that because if you fast forward to especially like the animated series you have uh, the angle eyes like the angry eyes Mm -hmm. and then usually two angle or two lines for the bottom that do the like 270 degree angle kind of thing so you get like the uh it's not quite like a right triangle but it's not far from it like we're used to batman the islands as being angry eyes Mm -hmm. here they are literally half of a circle Mm -hmm. and it is Amazing how much less threatening that Batman looks than any Batman with slit eyes or angled eyes. Uh, it's that mask is so much more friendly. Well, we right co- now.
1: well they cover that in the the Brave New World movie that we watched when when Superman meets um, Batman the first for the first time and his costume's really dark and then he sees him the second time and he's got this outfit with the with the happy eye look <laughs> and it's because he's got Robin and he says something to him like you're less scary or you're like just trying to. Change up my image a bit, and then he sees Robin, and it's exactly <laughs> that. I guarantee I think it's, it's no exactly thing. that. Like it, you have to go back and watch that. It's, it's oh, like,
0: actually, uh, I think I'm. I think I did. I looked at a comparative like costumes through the years and looked at the. I think it was Brave New World. And it's like they were intentionally trying to get away from the look of the Dark Knight, which had came out come out at about the same time. Right. And it's like, yeah, no, that's how you do it. That's how you make Batman not look freaky. Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> uh, so other comics that are other stories that are running in world's finest comics it is tomahawk and uh, Green Arrow uh, Tomahawk is set in the Revolutionary War era frontier a guy with a coonskin cap uh, having adventures with Native Americans and British folks and frontiersmen like you do yeah uh, this sentence though kind of like encapsulates. The weirdness of comics retcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this sentence is about the Tomahawk series from the Wikipedia article about them. In the Time Masters miniseries, it is established that Tomahawk's associate Dan Hunter is actually Rip Hunter's cousin, who yeah. travels back in time to stop the Illuminati during the Revolutionary
1: War, deciding to stay in the past. Ah, DC Comics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's about time someone did. Yep, yeah, Rip Hunter rip hunter and time masters yeah that's <laughs> that's a, that's a comic for a while rip hunter was the guy who disappeared in 52 right who okay. comes back and he's like speaking backwards and yeah, yeah, yeah. gold breaks into his time vault and he's got all the graffiti everywhere yeah yeah that's yeah. yeah. Rip, that's rip hunter okay cool he's also yeah. in legends of tomorrow he's the guy who's helping them do all the, the time travel shit uh
0: so in number 76 when superman carries the convention between the two cities he's literally like it ends uh with them not being able to it winds up being a tie so they have to hold the convention in both cities so superman just grabs the building and flies it between the cities which, first off, yeah, okay. Second off, even better. It's just a flat box shape. There's no, there isn't an underground foundation. Uh, there's no connections for running water, sewage, or, le- or electricity.
1: You're so right. I didn't even think about that. Yep. How the hell is anything working in this building? They just shit out the side, man. They just shit out the side. It's like the uh, it's like a, uh, the porta potties. They're just going to have, like, a uh, company come in and suck everything out of the bathrooms while, like, <laughs> they just plug, like, a giant plug into the power grid, and that's what has all the electricity <laughs> in? Yeah. That's amazing. No, that's, that's oh my so God, I didn't even think about that. That's brilliant. Holy shit. <laughs>
0: um other thing that goes on in uh world's finest comics they have i've talked a little bit about some of the psas that show up right and they also have ones that are kind of not quite just psas but also like kind of gag comics uh and there's one that's uh got a gallant, gallant uh style kid named binky who helps his goofus style friend uh this kid is well-intentioned, but he gets things like building a birdhouse wrong, and he needs to be guided towards building it right. Like, do your research, work with your friends, make sure you're building it the right way first. Oh, awesome, you got it right. That kid's nickname is Allergy. I mean, what? fuck, that is some Lord of the Flies shit right there. How do you there. give a kid that nickname?
1: Like,
0: if you're an awful person, you could do that. Why not just call that kid Anxiety and get well, it over
1: like, with? like, w- 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 God, I wish his name was like Alan, so you'd be like, it's, it's, it's Allergic Allen. But, like, allergy's a noun. Like, adge- yeah. like it's not even an adjective. Like, it's it's literally a noun. You're calling him allergy. Yep. That's a supervillain name. <laughs> that's... yeah wow. Yeah, that's a supervillain name who, like, shoots antihistamines out of his hands or something like that. I don't know. Or histamines out. I don't know. Yeah. That one's copyright me, DC. can't use allergy <laughs> now. Uh. Alright, last thing oh, I've got. Oh, God. No, uh, I just thought of... The oh. character's name histamine, but the hit, the mean and histamine is mean like M E A N <laughs> And he causes people's esophaguses to swell up and close because he shoots his Oh my D- god. Does he have a
0: good twin?
1: <laughs> Antihistamine. <laughs> oh my god, you can have that, D C. Put that the Captain Carrot universe. Uh
0: one last thing. Okay, so I did uh, looking at uh, 16 stories and what categories they fell in one thing that was interesting was it wasn't an even distribution like the Superman ones, like I mentioned those I think what, the five categories or whatever it was really evenly spaced between them Uh, but this is really dominated by what ifs and what's the secret, a quarter of all of the stories uh, were what if stories, stuff like hey, Batman and Superman are they're gonna be the three musketeers in a bit, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, and then thirty-eight uh, percent. What's the secret? Hoodwinking the reader. It's like, god damn, that is a lot of that's a lot of stories to not show the barrel of the gun. Is the phrase that I've heard used, where it's like, okay, this let's have a shot where we show the stakes. Someone pointing a gun at our heroes, so, so that we know, like, okay, here's the threat. Here's the stakes they don't show the barrel of the gun often
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i
0: agree uh we mentioned that these are 12 page stories i don't know we might feel a little bit better about them if they were eight page i don't know i don't think they're even i don't think they have like the inventiveness to fit an eight page story even but it would probably be a little less like a little less
1: bland i guess I suppose. I mean, like, I don't really have a problem with them being as long as they are, purely because it's not the only story in the book that they're mm-hmm. in. But yeah, for the rinse repeat value of them, yes, I can see them being a little bit problematic because they're twelve pages. It's like you're just telling me twelve pages of the same story I've already seen. But we get that all the time with these guys. Yeah,
0: it it felt like they were more inventive in when well, in like, the singles the later books. Stuff. Yeah,
1: in the singles books, yes. But when you're trying to like. No one ever worked with the team-ups before. Like, look at look That's at true. how JSA was. Those were literally individual stories under the umbrella of an overarching story that they all had to be a part of. They didn't know how to, like, make them interact with each other. So, mm-hmm. it makes sense that this is probably, like, the hardest they've ever worked to have characters, like, cooperate in a, in a situation where how do we have Superman not just solve all the problems immediately? Mm-hmm. To their
0: credit, like... That's an interesting point, that because this era's so gimmicky somewhat, but puts so much less of an emphasis on the violence side of it, uh, this is a an era where this team-up works a lot better than, I mean, frankly, like this era.
1: It could. I mean, yeah, it works a lot better purely because it's... Um... It's extravagant acts of God solutions, <laughs> like they really are. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. The solutions are benign, benign extravagance. And if these were, you know, the Joker is plaguing Gotham, and Superman and Batman are teamed up, how is that a hard story? Yeah, I would think that these would probably be in a more compelling read if it was Batman and Robin and Green Arrow and Speedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, would, I'm down for that. And that
1: would have been a great mm-hmm. team-up, but Green Arrow is definitely not the character that you can team them up with. I'm sure Flash and Green Lantern's gonna be a better team-up when you do Brave and the Bold, mm-hmm. because they're just better characters, because one isn't just super cosmically all-powerful like Superman is, even though he does have a lot of power, Green Lantern. Um, Flash is still limited um, to a degree by being a smart guy. Yes, he's got superpowers, but his villains are able to actually combat those as opposed to we have a green rock and that's about it. Hmm. There really isn't a lot that I mean that you can play with with those with Batman and Superman in regards to weaknesses and how we can draw up conflict for them because the conflict is Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Lois is much more threatening than the kryptonite that they're dealing with. Yeah. That you know we talked a little bit
0: last time about how uh, the secret identity is another weakness that can be exploited for story purposes but yeah like she
1: actually is more of a threat yeah they're more huh. concerned about her than they are about kryptonite yeah like kryptonite is a dumb it's it's an inconvenience at this point flash and green lantern have a multitude of things that they could deal with Yeah, you know, mm. the yellow uh the, the green lantern's ring being ineffective against the yellow color the 24-hour recharge period Flash, just in general, his villains are really smart, and they have, like, crazy weapons that he has to figure out a way to get around them, and mm-hmm. each one of them is different, they're not all using a specific unobtainium object to battle oh. him, they all have their own abilities, Captain Cold had his, like, Cold Mirages, and the Cold God, and you had Mirror Master had, right. had the, the uh, constructs that operated off of light, um, the Pied Piper was sound waves you've got Grodd who has mind control and he's a freaking gorilla so he's stronger than a normal human I mean you've got villains that actually he has to try to do something to he has to puzzle it out versus Batman it's just mobsters all of his villains are basically just criminals who want the same thing and their their methodologies at this point are not creative yeah Superman's greatest villain that he fought that we've seen so far and what we've read was Brainiac. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't beat him. So, really, unless you're bringing Brainiac back a bunch, there's no real villain that he's worried about. Because we haven't mm-hmm. even seen Lex Luthor in the Silver Age yet. Yeah. So, I, I think that this was a a combination born out of brand. Yeah. And not born out of storytelling. I think they're going to see between Kaniger and Broom with Green Lantern and Flash, these two characters might have something. And that's why the Brave and the Bold works so well. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I could see that being written really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: Uh, got any quick recommendations? Oh uh, Gosh. No. I, I, <laughs> I literally cannot read in like fast enough to keep up with this podcast with <laughs> how work has been going. I can't. But yeah. I'm sure you do. Uh, not a lot of reading, but uh,
0: I have finally finished the Hyron uh, seasons of Friends at the Table, and I don't know if I've recommended that already. I might have, but I do recommend Friends at the Table. It is it is a an actual play gaming tabletop gaming podcast. So they they are playing it as they go through the pro- podcast, uh, but it's exploration of spaces and ideas and long builds towards big decisions characters are going to have to make it is not something that is always like super fun moment to moment but it is really interesting to see the worlds that they build not just on a oh this is a funny NPC but like oh this place feels melancholy this place feels like a perversion of the this particular religion that we've sort of been uh exposed to earlier here's this cult and how they live uh it it is interesting some of the stuff they do with that and with characters having to make decisions about where they'll where they're going to choose to put their focus who they actually care about uh, yeah it I mean, those are sometimes long builds, and it takes a while to get through all of that.
1: But very
0: much enjoyable.
1: Cool. Watch our Twitch channel. Also, that yeah, you've DC, been you've been start uh, Yeah, we we have a Twitch channel. I've been trying to keep it on brand. You've been doing the do. I have been doing the do. Uh, and yeah, what? Uh, give us a follow and know when we stream next, and enjoy the ridiculousness that is me trying to play a bunch of different games, and trying to find ways to, to bring it to comics, and <laughs> during that <laughs> conversation playthroughs, so, um, we'd love to have you, and just hang out with you more than besides the podcast. I think that is going to do it for us, for this episode, we're going to move to another episode of World's Finest, and then we're going to go to Wonder Woman, so you're going to hear Shannon Woo! again! shannon's gonna come back god i
0: hope it's not fucked up i Uh, hope
1: hope the comics are good it can't be any worse than what we read with marsden Mm. like there's really no as as bad as that was because it was just male fantasy run amok it it could be it could be both
0: boring and bring in some like bad elements i I could that would would
1: be worse but i think it'll be tone deaf yeah. I think it'll probably be a lot... It'll be pro- probably tone deaf with, with, the, um, with someone who probably isn't as feminist as Marsden purported pur- pur- himself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and to his credit, being a feminist in the 30s and 40s is probably what he was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For a man, at least. Yeah. Um, it, he was... He was a hypocrite in a lot of ways, but at least he was trying. Yeah, he tried. He he was he was. Um, we'll give him a gold star and then we'll take half of it away. It was uh, in terms of being woke, he was sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to remember that. I like to refer to it as that. It's like you're halfway there, man. You're halfway there. You're do you're doing the movements, but you're not exactly awake. Um, I'm gonna so, need to remember that shit. Uh, but that's that's really what's going on there with Marsden. So hope, uh, hopefully it'll be more compelling to read but I bet a lot of the feminism will have gone out of it and that's probably my concern probably my biggest concern with it at least let's find out (laughs) yes we will find out soon in in a couple episodes but until then uh, be good to each other of course subscribe and listen to the podcast follow us on Twitter and Instagram and we will see you all next time DC Detectives can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes to stay in the know check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and dcdetectivespodcast.com Batman, Robin, and Superman were a sight to behold. Their teamwork was unorthodox, but effective, and the people loved seeing their favorite heroes band together for feats of daring do. Beneath it all, though, there was a staleness. They were missing something beyond the dynamic duo in the Blue Boy Scout. Gotham or Metropolis, we'd hang around to see this trio in action and get the whole story.